0: Imagine this, you've just started to work at a new company as a software developer. The product you're assigned to work on has a huge code base. So the first couple of weeks, you're mainly busy reading into the code base. After a while, you understand how the software works and realize, hey, this app can actually do a lot, but only technically, because practically the app which the user sees, is super far behind. It is kind of clunky, it's hardly usable, and just lacking all of the amazing things the tech could actually do. But then, a couple of months in, you get assigned to start the UI from scratch. Bring it up to speed, so to speak. How would you feel? Overwhelmed? Excited? This is the story of Patrick. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Behind the Scenes of Safing, a for-privacy company. We are ordinary people who fight mass surveillance because we love freedom, just like you. I am David, your host. Welcome to our journey. this episode, Patrick is the first time on the show. Welcome. Hi. So you have been us for a while now, almost a year, actually. So helping us out with a lot of things, I like to describe you as the coding wizard or a master of all things related to coding. So yeah, we're happy you're part of the team, part of the journey. Would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Uh, yeah, I can give it a try. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as Roner said, I'm part of Safing since April last year. Um, I've been working as a security consultant and penetration tester before, uh tech consult. Um, yeah, I did a lot of security related stuff um, and also some some software development there switched over to full-time software development and software architecture design with Cybertrap, which is a spin-off of SecConsult doing Deception Technology. Yeah. So
0: SecConsult is the company? or
1: Yeah, and there was a, a subsidiary. We, we created a subsidiary Cybertrap, Cybertrap, um, which was doing the, the Deception Technology stuff and product um, because it doesn't Software development doesn't really fit into the structure of a consulting company. That's why we created a, a new subsidiary. Yeah, I've been working there as a full-time software developer, full stack. I um, was mainly responsible for driver development, as well as low-level OS tooling, I would say. Um, and in the last years, I also took over the complete uh, user interface team. And development. So that's what yeah, I've but... been doing there. Yeah, and with April, I finally switched to, to Safing. And yeah, glad I'm here now.
0: We are too. That's a broad range of responsibilities you've had. So if you say Sec Consult, um, obviously that's consulting other companies in terms of security and network and all that stuff. What kind of companies did you consult as SecConsult?
1: Um, I'm, I'm not sure there is a special kind of company. It, it really ranges from, from yeah, basically every sector, where, okay. wherever you have bigger IT infrastructures or software product, pro- products or projects. Um, uh, security audit is never, never something wrong, I would say.
0: Yeah, um, yeah
1: so yeah, basically any any kind of, of business or or company. Um yeah, they,
0: there are no limits, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Like everything is moving and towards since, online and
1: yeah, and since SecConsult is is focused on not, not only um security audits in, in software development, we also do so they also do code audits. Um but infrastructure and uh, web application audits as well, black box testing, uh, and even organizational security reviews and checks. So yeah. security throughout uh, the, whole, the whole company.
0: Yeah, that's broad, as said. That's a lot of topics to cover. Yeah. But obviously, you're also a big team. But yeah, so... With that background in mind, how was it to move to Safing? Like, obviously, we are a small company starting up. The team will be a small and all that stuff. Um, but from a technical perspective, I wanted to ask you this. Like, joining Safing, joining Portmaster Development, is the tech something you expected? Or how was it to merge into, like building this application firewall slash, I don't know how to call it, mass even. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a wide range of things it does. So how was that transition, We're diving into
1: that? It, it, it was an interesting transition. Um, I've been doing a lot of in development before, so um, that's also why I wanted to switch to to say thing to do more go because in, in Cyberdrop it turns out that I did more and more UI and less and less, uh, OS level development. So that was JavaScript. Maybe. Yeah, that was mainly JavaScript or TypeScript actually. Um, yeah, but, um, switching to, to say thing to do more, more go. Um, I, I love go. It's the, the programming language of my choice. um, yeah, I'm, the Portmaster is a really big code base already. Um, it was really interesting to get into it. Um, I, I'm already used to, to large code bases, so um, getting an overview went really, really well, and I would say quick. Um yeah. But for the, yeah, for the first few months, you're more or less reading code, checking what the, the product actually does, what it's really capable of doing. Um, yeah, get, get, getting to know the, the bits and bytes at uh, different positions in different repositories. Yeah, it was, was really interesting to get into it because there is when one would look at the old UI from the Portmaster you wouldn't suspect all the different things Portmaster is already prepared to do. Not that everything is actively being used right now or back then, but Portmaster already has a lot of features built in or prepared for to come. Yeah. And that's, that was really nice to yeah, dig into.
0: Cool. So I, it's, it surprises me as well. Like currently Daniel and I are pushing the docs further. And Daniel like he he writes about like in the future this and this will also happen. And I'm surprised how much is conceptually already prepared. So obviously I'm like, yeah, we should probably not mention this yet because it's nobody benefits from knowing what the future will look like if it doesn't help you in the present. But knowing or seeing how much is Done on the conceptual and also on the implementational level. That is surprising, yeah. So yeah. you experienced that strongly as
1: well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was something that I, that I felt over and over again in the code base, there's there's a lot of a lot of stuff already available for cool things to happen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so Diving into this this world of possibilities, let's call it that, and then seeing the old UI, which was kind of, yeah, it's, it's like a tech person doing front-end, and that's okay, but it was kind of limited as well, and it wasn't really usable, so yeah, what what were your thoughts Seeing the old UI, like when you came, well, like last summer, let's say.
1: The the first thought I had was, I I don't understand it. Because, um, I I started to before dig into the source code, I just installed everything and wanted to work with it before getting any much deeper into, into how it works and what it does, and without any. Real prior knowledge to how the ProMaster works. What it does the OGI was really complex um, from from it, from the settings point of view, as well as from a why doesn't my network connection work as expected point of debugging. Um, but it already had it already gave a feeling of of what the ProMaster is, is capable of doing. Um but for the yeah it was it was a bit too complex in in particular security levels. Uh, they were hard to understand uh, in the first time. I yeah, needed to wrap my head around them a lot of time. Um, not sure we got it better now. I hope so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's to be seen, yeah, um, I mean, I do believe it's it's a good good approach as of now, but it's nothing people are used to. There is nothing similar out there, as in, like, I can click on a button and it adapts to a whole new level uh, or a whole new threat model. People normally just have one uh, device and one threat model attached to it. So that in itself is kind of new, and so that is complicated to communicate properly. But you mentioned also from a... Debugging perspective, the Portmaster, the old UI was lacking. Like, how does that work? Isn't it irrelevant in that sense how it looks to debug a software? Uh,
1: I I wasn't really um, talking about debugging the the code or bugs in the Portmaster. I was more talking about. when you experience a situation where you expect your program to be able to communicate with the internet, to be able to resolve domains, and that doesn't work, and finding the the correct settings and tweaks you need to change in order for for the program to get it working, okay. yeah, that was a bit a bit of complicated in the in the old UI, I guess, because you had you don't have much of of hints of what's what's actually going wrong or where the the setting came from, since we have a layered, layered profile system. Um, yeah, that was a, was a bit, bit hard to understand in the, in the old one, at least for me in the, in the beginning. One um, is getting better if you're using it more and more. Um, but I think this is something we got great in the new one, since you can just jump to the setting that's responsible for blocking the connection tool. Whatsoever domain.
0: Yeah, you also have a monitor, oh, uh, like the network monitor, which is a lot more um, easy to understand yep. and then navigate to the Google that did something. I mean, obviously, in this whole talk, we are kind of um, implying that you know kind of what the Broadmaster is all about. If this all sounds very confusing, just go to our homepage and... Have a look at the broadmaster. I think it will make life easier to understand what we are talking about. I will also share. I mean, do we have screenshots of the old UI? I think we do.
1: So yeah, since, there, are, there were some in the, in the repository at the README.
0: Yeah. So there must be
1: some, some old screenshots around.
0: They should, they should be lying around. Yeah. I'll try to put them in the show notes so you can see the old and the new one, and then see it, what which transition we are talking about. Because this was then one of your main responsibilities, starting after summer, I think, where we said, yeah, let's revamp this UI. It doesn't, it's hard to navigate, it's hard to understand, it's hard to configure, and we want to make this easy. So Back to good old JavaScript. How did you feel about that?
1: <laughs> um, I, I was really excited when when the decision was made that we will start the, the new new UI and the new design soon, or actually in summer, and that I will be in charge of it. Um, yeah, it was it was a great thing. I was really looking forward to it. Um, For for one reason, because there was a lot of possibility and and room to to improve on the old one, and make a a cool new user interface that's really usable for for people without technical skills, um, and that's definitely something we we want to do and where we will keep improving on. And for for the other um, in my my previous job at Cybertrap, was responsible for the for the user interface. It is also, it did, grew pretty pretty large, and we have done some some major refactorings in between. And it's always hard to, to do a, a huge refactoring if you need to maintain the old code base. And with with the new Portmaster UI, we, we started from scratch. We switched technology from from Vue to Angular. We switched from JavaScript to TypeScript for better compiler support, let's, let's put it this way, um, yeah, I was, was excited about starting from scratch there as well.
0: Cool. So starting from scratch, I think that is also something that Luke really enjoyed, our designer, yep. um, not being... Bound to the old one, we could just ditch all of those ideas. Or like creatively, it's it's something else if you start from a blank paper than when you have to, like, take with you the old load or baggage. So Luke probably started before you, or did you kick it off together and then you had to wait on his designs because that surely took a while
1: until wait. Luke has the. Wait. Kicked Photoshop. off together, basically. Yeah. So we, we started with, uh, with with the concept. There was a lot of a lot of conceptual stuff to do, um, mainly mainly for Luke for getting the the overall design and the overall concept of how the, the new UI should work. Um, but since we we switched and really started from scratch, there was a lot of groundwork to be done, um, where I already. Start, started implementing stuff like that, and communication to the, to the actual Portmaster service, um, preparing the build system, the Angular build, the Electron build, since we're shipping with Electron now. Yeah, there was, there was a, lot of, a lot of stuff to be prepared. So Luke has been able to focus on the conceptual part and the design part, and i prepared as much as possible. And when I was ready, um, Luke already got the, the first views, ready for implementation. We had some, some more rounds discussing them and re-questioning decisions, which we're still doing over and over again. Um, but I think this is something natural for software development and something you should do if you want to do something great. Um,
0: yeah, I also remember like the conceptual phase, you also asked the team or asked for the, all of the inputs that people gave us so far but like which features we wanted to have and all that went into the thought process and the decision process. And naturally, as you move forward, like you stumbled over obstacles or had to change things or had to compromise because still the portmaster, from a technical or conceptual perspective, offers a lot. And it was an impossible task to... Like, uh, how do you say that? Just get everything to life immediately. So some of the features are still slumbering, um, but we are improving. We are making the step by step, and we just had to cut out a huge chunk to to make progress ultimately. Because otherwise, this would probably take a full year or something. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Yeah, we also needed to not only cut out stuff but simplify stuff where a portmaster would actually be be capable of being more dynamic or more powerful, where we decide okay for the for the new UI, we first need to get a simple way of using it done before we can focus on on complex or more advanced technical users. Um, so this was also um, a lot of design decisions that we ne- that we needed to make uh, to get the yeah a, f- a fine balance between complexity and usability for for users. Yeah,
0: that's that's true. I think I remember the security levels discussion we had. Yeah, we, we had
1: we... we had more of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we. Like with the security levels, you can configure the portmaster to behave differently in a trusted and an untrusted network or in panic mode. And I think technically it's possible to have like as many security levels as you wish. But implementing that into a UI that just gets so complex so quickly. And it's not really valuable for like 99.9% of the users. I assume.
1: Yeah, yeah, we we evaluated a lot of different strategies and how we could solve them. We even thought about removing security levels altogether and not showing them in the in the UI um, and just keeping them at the let's say at the backend for for how it magically works, um, but removing them from the from the user interface. We settled on a on a mix with risk levels because it's better pe- people normally better rating if something is risky or than setting security levels. Um, I hope that the new approach is, is a bit better. We have new UIs for the configuration which should also help a bit to understand how they are structured and how they are leveled. Yeah, but I guess The users will tell us, our users will tell us, and we will, yep. We question again, if we... Definitely. If we need to. And this... It's an iterative approach. It's definitely something where we have still room to improve. Um, Yep.
0: Yeah, but that's kind of also the beauty of it. I mean, it's... I'm so happy that we have this foundation now and we have a foundation to build, build upon. And that was definitely not the case with the old UI because it was not usable. I mean, we are still targeting technical people, but even for them, it was hard. And yeah, I'm really happy. That this will be an iterative thing and we will like polish things and move forward and add new features and make them better and more easily understandable. And from there, we will take the product to make it even more simpler. So we then merge out of the very technical market. That is the long-term goal. So we can really provide easy privacy for everybody who deserves it, which is everyone. So yeah. Looking forward for that. So, were there any highs and
1: lows in this whole process? Yeah, I, I guess multiple highs and multiple lows, um, like, it's, like it's always the case with, with software development or development in general, I guess, it's research and development. Uh, yeah, there were, what was, were the highs? Um, one high was definitely working together with, with the team on the on the new UI because it was it was a pleasure and everyone yeah worked together and yeah, was was a nice thing. Uh Luke did an amazing job in designing the, the new UI. Yeah, so that Luke was
0: is really good at designs. He's amazing. Yeah. And He's fun to work with as well. He has the I I like the British humor. I I don't
1: know. I'm just (laughs) fond of it. (laughs) Yeah, it was really nice working together. Another high was that we were actually pretty quick. Um we wanted to start from scratch with beginning of July, I guess. It was. And we folded conceptual hard until we really get started working on it we did the first release uh, mid-November or the beginning of November I guess Uh, and yeah so in my opinion we were were pretty fast we we wanted to do some more things which just didn't fit Um, but yeah we'll still have time to improve on that and we'll we will be pushing updates and fixes as we go. So progress mm. was was definitely high. Lows, yeah. As always, the smallest things tend to take the longest. So yeah, searching minor bugs or, or nasty bugs that come up in, in strange situations. Um, doing some, some minor styling issues that or suddenly you change a small thing on one position and it breaks a completely different side because of reasons yeah. <laughs> so nobody understands yeah so there's, there are definitely some lows but in lo- looking back the, the project went really well and I'm really glad on, on how it went and looking forward to how we will continue it It's
0: regarding the lows and the progress as well. I I feel this is something like software developers stumble into so often. Like we're all energetic and set optimistic timelines. I mean, obviously we don't communicate timelines externally anymore because that doesn't work. But we try to push ourselves and the team internally. So we, we set a goal and then as you say these unexpected things happen and then wow that just took a whole week to fix this stupid small issue and then yeah it's going to be tight <laughs> yeah. and that's happened as well so i think we released the ui at the end of november even though internally we were already kind of wrapped up at the beginning of november but yeah i i that's part of the challenge, I think. Like, setting goals, then cutting away features to make the release happen, but also not get frustrated by it and also, like, acknowledge what you actually accomplished, which was really a, a lot. And you, you know what I mean? This, this, this paradox of development, like... Uh, yeah. You feel that not, not much has happened and you're delayed and everything is, uh, but actually you've done amazing progress. And yeah, but a part of oneself still is unsatisfied as a developer. At least that, that, that is often the case with me. I don't know how you yeah, that's, feel. Yeah,
1: that's true. And, and as you already said, set, setting timelines... One is always optimistic and yeah that's going to work out everything is going to be fine and, and maybe everything is fine until three days before I want to, to be finished then probably then at least everything's broken for whatever reason <laughs> you didn't change something, anything at all but it's broken <laughs> but a lot, yeah. of, lot of stuff that, that are going to happen <laughs> during software development
0: yeah but. especially in, in this big undertaking like what do you also feel that as we have this foundation, this will be an iterative process, that these things will become easier from that perspective? Because it's not like setting up a full app yeah, only changing small parts.
1: From, from now on, things will definitely be easier because they will be smaller, they will be easier plannable. When you do something like a complete... Reimplementation from scratch like we did with the ui it's it's such a big thing you you can't plan every every small step ahead you can but you will probably be off by weeks with with your planning um so yeah. now now we have a foundation now we have a, a concept for design um so designing new stuff should get a bit quicker now because luke has the standard foundation for the for the ui design there and we have a lot of stuff already prepared so new features will be really just the feature which is much more planable and much more testable than such big code changes
0: yeah that's the same with like all the other projects as well The website, as we had to completely redesign it, that's always such a big task. And there are a few things as a sneak peek which are coming up. We will restructure the homepage, but it's not a redesign. It's a restructure. So it will be quicker. It will be easier. It won't be this... Like, there's a beauty to starting with a blank page, but it's also much more work and much less predictable. And hence, in the end, sometimes more frustrating because it feels as if you missed the deadline, even if it wasn't an external deadline. But internally, you wanted to get this done in a month or two, and then it took three months or
1: whatever. It's also the, the feature set that you decide upon that you want to have implemented before doing the, the first release or the initial release of something new. If you start from from an empty page as you said it's it's much harder to to finally get on a on a feature set that you really want to do without wanting everything at once yes that's
0: that's true (laughs) (laughs) but
1: that's that's
0: the cool thing that now we have um, a cool drawing on a page which doesn't have all the features on it yet but as a sneak peek maybe, or what, what are the next steps in terms of development? I mean, obviously, bug fixing and stabilization is uh, a big focus of us and finding edge cases, maybe Linux distros where it doesn't work properly yet. So fixing it there, but what do you, what do you feel are the next steps for Portmaster. So,
1: f- f- feature-wise, um, as I said, not, not not talking about bug fixes, which we're doing more or less always in Content parallel. View. There was also something that was during the development of the UI. We still had it to to fix and work on the Portmaster core as well. Um, feature-wise, I think the, the next big things would be the metrics. We want to introduce metrics into the. The Portmaster, as well as the user interface, so you just get an overview of how many requests are actually happening on their system, how many how many things get blocked, with how many countries do they do they communicate at once. So just giving the user more more insights, more statistics. This is something um, Daniel is, for example, already working on in the in the Portmaster core service. Um, we haven't finished the concept yet for for how it should look like on the, on the user interface, but as far as a new uh, look is already on it and already has some some nice ideas. Nice and
0: like they will probably be app specific as well. So
1: as far as yeah. I know, yes. Yeah, this is definitely I mean, on the. We don't want to promise anything, but on the plan, but yeah. Yeah, as I said, con- conceptual. It's not everything is done yet, so things might change. Another thing we're definitely over to to do in the, in the next weeks or months will be improving on the on the help and the, uh, the docs. The docs is already in the progress by Daniel and you, and the. The in-app help is also something we want to tackle in order to provide people with easier help or small help texts and helping them yeah. understand the, the UI. That's also something that we, we wanted to do. That's
0: going to be a big chunk as well. Yeah. Like documentation is something very important, especially for our followers who are into tech. Like... Obviously, it's open source, but it's not for everybody to look into the source code and then understand it. Not everybody has that time. So giving them a high-level overview will be really nice. And I assume it will also benefit us and later then also new employees who will join to get a hold of all this easier.
1: Writing documentation has a lot of different advantages. Not not yeah. not not only for users but also for for the developers themselves because you need to rethink when you write the documentation how is it actually working and I, I guess there will be situations where we write the documentation and probably come up with it should work this way but it doesn't so fi- finding implement- finding spots where the implementations is a bit different than the expectation. So documentation is always a good recap as well.
0: Yeah, I'm really happy that this is in the process now. Like, I started this out in October with you. That was really helpful. But then, yeah, people got busy, I got busy. And this week, actually, I started with Daniel again with more speed. And, like, he... He has the technical know-how, so he's been helping a lot with writing. And yeah, you can expect the first version to get out pretty pretty soon. Yeah, like, As always, <laughs> <laughs> you can check out our progress in the monthly update blogs we write or just go head over to the homepage and click on what's next. And there you will have an overview of what we are currently working on and the progress on that. Yeah, I think this is basically you guided us through it. How how did it feel when it when you like when we pushed the button <laughs> when it got out?
1: <laughs> I I really felt relieved yeah. because it it was a lot of pressure already in the in the last weeks. Um, getting the, the last things done, um, getting it working, finding the the last crucial bugs and fixing them. Um, and it was also a bit of a. In the end, it was a bit of a pain working on it because we needed to split development branches because we were still bug fixing in the in the previous release. Not only the UI, but also the portmaster. But for the new UI, we did some. Or we needed to do some breaking changes and introduce some API changes and stuff like this. So. We were forced to, to split branches and so it was constantly switching between the master branch, which was not compatible with the feature branch I'm working on for the for the UI. And yeah, with the with the push we finally merged those together. And yeah, so it's finally one branch again. One one master branch again, not two. Um which makes life way easier for, for Daniel and me
0: because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't have to fix a bug twice. Yeah. Once on
1: the... And it's, it's yeah. not about twice. Git has a lot of cool features for, for cherry picking, but it's you start to test something and everything's broken. And until you realize you're on the, on, the, on the wrong branch, you need to switch branch, you need to rebuild everything because you were just talking with an incompatible API. So it's, yeah, it, it was a bit of, yeah, a bit of pain in, in the end. But yeah, so I was I was really relieved when we when we pushed it out. When we said okay, that's the first version. We're going to release this, and now we have a steady foundation on where we can improve and where we can continue.
0: Definitely, I think relief sums it up. But I hope you're proud as well. It's really yeah, cool. yeah, of course. <laughs> We're super thankful for all your work you've been doing with with that and around it, and yeah, so. This is a wrap for today's talk. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for being part of the show.
1: And see you next time. Thank you for for reminding me. Sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining. Did you know that in today's world, you're only four connections away from anyone on this planet, be it Edward Snowden, a local corrupt politician, or your favorite celebrity. So if you tell two of your friends about saving in no time a million people, including Frodo, will get easy and free privacy. Aside from that, you can always support us by using Podmaster, rating our podcast, or giving us a star on GitHub. Anyway, I hope you have a good one, and remember, don't go on the internet naked. Ha